You are listening to the Hustle of the Day podcast with Trent Bray from Hustle Energy. What's up, everybody? This is Trent, and this is the Hustle of the Day podcast. I am here with Janelle Fitzgerald, owner of Salon Beleza in Saratoga Springs, and working on a very exciting project coming up called the Beleza Project. And uh, I want you to jump in here, Janelle, and let us know a little bit about yourself. Cool. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here. I was flattered that you asked me to come on here. I love doing podcasts. And okay, so I, like you said, opened Salon Beleza about eight years ago. I have loved owning a salon. It's been very cool to be a part of a movement I think that's happening with women right now with women lifting women and women right. women empowering other women and I have a salon filled with women who are doing that so it's been a really cool exciting and fun venture for me mm-hmm. um, I recently this last year found myself in a little bit of a transition where my permanent makeup business has grown past the point of like I don't know I just I could have never imagined how far my curriculum and teaching and doing permanent makeup would go. And I just got spread really thin. So I actually have just recently transitioned my salon ownership to um, a new owner. That's very exciting. I know. I am really excited because she's actually my best friend. (laughs) So she's going to allow me to continue to work there and teach there and be a part of the culture there. And I could not be happier. So I'm going from ownership to booth running that salon. And it's Mm going to be a really cool and fun transition. I've already been watching her take over and it's such a cool thing. But that's very cool. And you've mentioned before in the past uh, that you've created quite the culture there where everybody lifts each other up. Everybody's, you know, best friends there. They they really root for each other. And that's I think that speaks to you personally, that you're that you've established that culture already. And so it's a very easy transition for you to be a part of that crew rather than just, you know, the leader of the crew. Um, it, it really seems like it would be a seamless transition from what I know of you. Thank you. That's actually probably the best compliment I could get. (laughs) And I don't know that I'm deserving of it totally. I will tell you though, that when I opened my salon, I never really, I think this might surprise people, but I never really had this like ultimate goal of owning a salon. What happened was I fell into the beauty industry and realized that I could like play nails and hang out with my girlfriends all day. And I'm like, I have to do this. I worked at a salon that was so high frequency and positive in Alabama when I was 19. And then I came back to Utah and I worked at a few salons and I realized that not every salon is like that. And not every salon family is like that. And I didn't have horrible experiences, but it definitely wasn't that feeling of like uplift and positivity. And, you know, there was a little bit more competitive than I remembered. And I found myself realizing that like if I was going to work somewhere and be around my girlfriends and, you know, play nails all day, I needed (laughs) to open my own salon and create a culture that was uplifting and supportive and abundant minds minded and Mm -hmm. just where, and honestly, I didn't create it by myself for sure. These women, I watch them day in and day out, lifting each other. They don't hold back anything. They, 
if someone needs help, they're there to help them. Everyone's teaching each other, helping each other. No one's in competition with each other. Everyone wants everyone to succeed. And although I do the hiring and I make sure to hire, you know, badass, hardworking, kind women and men, I will say that they come in and they like expand any energy that I've created. So it's been really cool. And yes, the transition is pretty seamless, interestingly enough, because Melissa was actually the manager of the salon the last seven months or so. And so for her, she was already doing all the hard work (laughs) and I was basically just working there anyways. And so although she does take a lot of my plate becoming the owner for like the employee purpose, you know, and and the salon running day to day, it doesn't really change a ton. So besides that, the salon gets better taken care of (laughs) because I'm just like too busy, (laughs) but no, I know you are you are busy and you are hustling and like you said, uh, you're you're sometimes in Alabama, sometimes here. So it is nice to kind of have that off your plate a little bit. But one thing that stuck out to me that I really appreciate that you said is the abundance. Uh, a lot of people don't understand that. They think there's only a small amount of the pie and they're going to fight everybody for their little fraction of that pie when. Really, there's just so much out there. If you've got the right attitude, you've got uh, the right mindset, and you're willing to work for it. You know, I actually am really passionate about this topic. So you're asking me the right question. <laughs> I have a lot to say about this. But I um, was, you know, like many of us, brought up with more of a lack mindset. Um, and this is not my parents' fault. This is not anyone's fault. It's not our teachers. It's just the way it was. And I haven't quite pinpointed what happened. I don't know if it was like our parents being raised by like, you know, people, their parents went through the Great Depression and there was Mm -hmm. all that lack. And then they had this like next generation of that little bit of lack still stuck there. But our generation is breaking through that like, like with a sledgehammer. And I will tell you that and anyone that follows me, anyone that knows me knows that I believe with everything in me that there is enough for everyone in every way. And I will tell you that because I've challenged it over and over and over again. So I've taken classes from people in the area that teach the same classes as me. I love networking in the industry. This is just like one small example that comes to mind right now because it just happened. But I went to a lip blush course Mm -hmm. from a girl who is 15 minutes away who I admire so much um um and she's so talented and I'm like blanking on her Instagram name so I feel so bad but she's uh, even become a friend I'll think of it before we end and I'll plug her but she um taught the most amazing course I loved it I've been teaching lip blush for over a year Mm -hmm. and I took her course I learned so many things it was so well worth it and I posted that night a shout out to her. And I said, anyone looking for a lip blush course, this is your girl. And I know that not everyone could stomach that. Like, you know what I mean? You're like, hello, I'm trying to teach lip blush courses. And I know it kind of, it's like, well, where's the line, you know, like, where are you going to draw that line of like abundant mindset when she lives 15 minutes away from you? And you know, the interesting thing about that, and I had no intention of this happening was my confidence in shouting her out, I hope got her, you know, students, but I will say that I had three people sign up within 24 hours for mine. And I didn't even see that coming necessarily, but it's just another Testament Mm -hmm. to, 
you know, if she's confident enough to be shouting out another artist when she teaches it, she's obvious. I don't know. It's just an attractive yeah. thing that Absolutely. people see. And I didn't even see it coming and I wasn't trying to do that. But it's just another testament to the idea that like there is enough for everybody and the more abundant mindset, the more we have that abundant mindset, the better. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. No, the better I, our businesses do. I get that. There's a lot of negativity out there. And so it's refreshing to a lot of people to see you shout out your competition. Like uh, one thing I've noticed is you, and I realize you're friends as well, but uh, you shout out uh, Lexi a lot that mm-hmm. does brows and you do brows. And it's just <laughs> like, and she has an online course and you're working on yep. an online course. It's like, that, that seems like it's direct competition, but... At the same We're both time, in it's, Utah. Yeah, it's, yeah. An, it's like you mentioned, very attractive business-wise to see somebody who's willing to lift others up rather than tear them down to get your own. So another thing that's really cool to think about, too, in that sense, and I'm not, like I said, these are things I've, I'm not doing them with the intention to boost my business. Uh-huh. I'm just ready for this abundant mindset to be spread. And if I have to challenge those lines, because a lot of people talk the talk of abundant mindset, like support, lift others, blah, 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 quotes on their stories. But do you walk the walk? Like, are you hoarding information? Are you not wanting to give tips and tricks on your Instagram because you're afraid of like helping others and making them successful? Are you still feeling jealous over someone else's Instagram looking better than yours? Are you blocking people because you're afraid they're going to see your ideas? You know, there's so much of that. And then they post on their stories like, women need to be lifting women, but then blocking or hoarding the information. And, and I get that it's scary out there. We've been taught and programmed in whatever way to believe that there's not enough. Mm -hmm. And I am like determined to break through that stigma in every, I mean, McKinley will even stop me sometimes and be like, you realize like, like he'll get nervous by how confident I am in my mindset. And I'm like, babe, you're, you can't touch the business today. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you got to step back. That energy cannot touch. Like, I am out to prove, if nothing else, that abundance exists. Yep. And the more we give, the more we get. So Absolutely. you brought up, Lexi, we are both so incredibly, um, genuinely, I feel like, <laughs> invested in each other's businesses. Mm-hmm. Having a friend who is in the industry and... We were not friends before. Like we were what you would call, like I'm using my finger quotations, by the way, (laughs) considered competition because I freaking hate that word. But I guess you would consider us competition like before, I mean, we became friends. So I look at her business. I'm in such admiration of her and the light she has, what she's trying to do for the industry. Um, And equally so. And it's really powerful to have a friend who can give you advice from their standpoint in the industry, which is something I didn't anticipate either. We both give each other advice and ideas. And, you know, I just recorded her for my podcast and she talks about some huge changes she's making in her business. And it was due to advice I I gave her and she's going to kick ass and she should have been doing it already. But like, I'm just really (laughs) excited for her. And I don't know, like I don't withhold with her. I, I give her the information I have. I give her contacts and she does the same. And we are, We're really invested in each other's success. But think about it this way. So I have this belief, for at least the permanent makeup industry, that, for example, when there are a lot of people out there right now that should be teaching. Like I look at their work and I'm like, why are they not teaching? Why are they not 
like spreading this knowledge because whenever there's pictures out there or bad work walking around Mm -hmm. or, you know, or, or anything like that in the industry, people are more scared to get it done. So the better everyone does follow me here, the better everyone's doing in the industry, the better I do. Yeah. So the more Lexi can educate the entire industry, the more people want it done. The more people see good work walking around, the more people see, you know, that those perfect strokes and the lip blush that is like spot on and natural and the eyeliner that killing it, you know, the more people that see all of that, the more people want it done, the more successful the entire industry is like you hoarding information from your quotation marks again, I'm using my fingers, (laughs) your competition is not helping you in the long run. So if you can have a bigger picture, a perspective of abundance, that there's more than enough, the more people you help, the more your competitions of work looks better, the -hmm. more people want it done. Something that I've noticed in the beauty industry that I really hate, (laughs) and this might be an unpopular opinion, but is people posting pictures of other people's work and saying in like all caps, not my work, do your research, come to me. Okay, so like low-frequency marketing, yes, it's really easy to market yourself by making someone else look bad. Like attempt to try a higher-frequency marketing. Realize that the more you put other people down, the more scared people are going to be. You're not like bringing people, you might bring a couple people into you, but you are also scaring the shit out of everyone that's on the edge of getting permanent makeup done. Like you're like posting this (laughs) picture and they're like, Ooh, but what if that happens to me? And there's better ways to market yourself. You don't have to post other people's work. I personally, because of where the industry was three years ago, I do end up fixing work here and there, but I never post like full face pictures or disrespect other artists or tag other artists or post not my work in caps. If anything, I don't even post befores of those people because I would not want anyone to know that it could look like that because I want to be successful in permanent makeup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm just going to make it look good and post pictures of it looking good. Yeah. Does that make sense? I that don't know. I guess I just, makes sense. at least in my industry, I feel like that's something that people haven't quite grasped. Yep. No, I, I completely understand that. And, uh, if you've listened to some of Gary Vaynerchuk's, uh, he, he talks a lot about that, um, you know, give away some of your best work, best advice for free because it benefits everybody as a whole. And uh, so I, I get what you're saying with that. That is actually a really good mindset to have and not the mindset that a lot of people do have. I know. I, I want I want to sh- help. If I do anything with my podcast or with my interviews, I hope I can shift it in some way and just challenge people to do the hardest to do it the hard way. So there was a couple years ago, I posted a post and it was how to get crisp strokes. And it was a curriculum that I had like worked so hard for. And I, these were tips and tricks that weren't out there yet. And I was so excited to be getting these results and I was so excited. But then I was like, you know, I need to share these. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but then what do I have? Like, these are like my quotation marks again, secrets. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? And So I post this, like how to get crisp strokes, healed crisp strokes on there. And I cannot believe the growth on my Instagram. I mean, so many people wanted to take my class and instead of, and I just look back and shudder thinking like I almost didn't post those tips because something I learned in that moment was, wow, like posting my secrets 
are is actually making people look at me like, wow, if she's posting that, what else does she know? Right. I want to take her classes and I want to, you know, and it pushes me to the next level and it pushes my classes to the next level. And, and that's something I didn't anticipate in the fear of like, you know, should I, and I remember feeling that sick feeling of like, oh my gosh, but these are like, I've worked so hard and I'm just giving it away. Like, you know, yeah. so, and then I also had a experience. I hope it's okay. I'm like just going on. No, I'm like, you asked it. me the wrong question. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I think I asked but, you the right question. <laughs> so like there was, um, a pigment and I, and I obviously would never name names or anything, but there was this pigment line that came out and, and at that point I had searched and searched and tried to find pigments that were synthetic and I wanted them to be synthetic. And this pigment, finally there were a couple lines launching for mm-hmm. synthetic pigment. And, um, up to that point, all we had was for anyone that doesn't know iron oxide pigment. So a lot of people ended up with like blue colored brows or purple oh. colored brows or things like that. And okay. I won't go into the science of it all, but if you see that it's because back then we didn't have good pigment and now we do. So it doesn't happen anymore. But there for a while, that's all we had. And when I found synthetic pigment, the very first client I did, I went and stood on the rooftops yelling it for, for all to hear. I mean, I'm talking, I was on, on my stories every day. I was messaging every past student I'd ever taught. I was yeah. texting and messaging other artists in the industry, people that follow me that I knew taught, telling them all the information I could. And this was not with like the scared feeling of like giving my competition more. This was something that came very natural to me. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like we all need this. We need to not be getting blue eyebrows. So, um, then I had this brand reach out to me. They launched a synthetic pigment line shortly. And I'd only done a few clients at that point. And I was just shocked at the difference in the results. And they said, you know, she reached out and said, Hey, I'd love you to use my pigment. And I was like, um, is it synthetic? I'm only using synthetic now. She's like, yeah, I've actually been using a synthetic pigment line from Europe for years now, but I kept it as my dirty little secret because I didn't want anyone to know. And I was getting like really good results. So I built my business up and now I'm ready to launch it. And I could not be more attracted. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was like, no, like I will not touch your business or your yeah. pigment or, you know, because how dare you allow the permanent makeup industry to go down right. so that you personally could be more successful. And in the long run, like how I, it doesn't make any sense because the, the bigger picture, if you're planning to do this for more than a couple years, like so many hundreds of people just got blue eyebrows when you could have avoided it because of your following. And you chose to keep it as, as she said, quotation fingers, your dirty little <laughs> secret. <laughs> so anyway, I just, I think I've just had these experiences throughout my um, time in the permanent makeup industry and have felt and challenged a lot of the things, you know, that that were trained to think when I first told my dad I was going to start training um, permanent makeup artists and I was going to launch my own course. He said, well, don't train any anyone in the area. Like you don't want to create competition for yourself. And like I said, I don't blame my dad at all. That's a very common way of thinking. Mm -hmm. And I was like dad, like there's so many people that need their brows done and I could not fulfill the need if I work day in and day out forever. You know, like I need to be teaching. There's a need. And so anyway, I think challenging that and those mindsets has really helped me to realize as my business does become more successful, that that's the way to do it. (laughs) So I don't know if all that makes sense. No, (laughs) that, that makes perfect sense. Um, 
So one of the things that I think has drawn me to you is uh, the fact that you do go out there and hustle and you've made quite a few sacrifices to make this happen. So you're selling your salon, you downsized houses, you um, are making all sorts of sacrifices, and then you got went ahead and got tattooed, go all in <laughs> on your arm, which is just so cool that Thank you're you. just like... <laughs> I'm all in. Like, there's there's no plan B. You just threw it out the window, and I, and that's one thing I I brought up uh, on my Instagram a little while ago was um, meeting people like Andy Frazella and some of these people that I idolized. It's like, really, they're human. They it took some of their power away. They just had did they didn't have a plan B, and they went for it. Exactly. And so you're looking at the future. <laughs> You're you so know, nice. Uh, Rachel Hollis or I, the future, you know, Emily Frazella or something, you know, you're, I love that you've got no plan B. You're just going all in. You've even got your husband on board. You've got, um, he's, you know, quit his day job to come help support this. Like it is mind blowing how, how much I don't embody hustle compared to you. Like <laughs> That's not true. You are awesome. I really appreciate that. I appreciate that it's... If I was to pretend like it wasn't scary, I would be totally lying. I yeah. mean, there was a point where my ideas became bigger than what we could invest in. Mm -hmm. And I'm such a believer in investing in your business. So a lot of people probably watch me you know, on Instagram and in my life and they think, gosh, she's killing it. But they don't see how much I'm investing back in. Right. They don't see how much, you know, I've expanded my salon three, two times, huge renovations mm -hmm. and a few times smaller renovations. I'm constantly growing my businesses. I'm constantly pushing to the next level. So I do think that if you... <laughs> You need to know if you're going to go into a business or the entrepreneurship life that you do kind of have to have the mentality of like, I'm going to do whatever it takes right? and there's no glass ceiling and I'm going to continue. And there was a point for me and McKinley where we really did have to thank God I'm married to McKinley. Like I tell him all the time, there's not very many men that could handle me and like my ideas and my vision and my jump before I plan and I am the type that feels something and just does it. Right. So I don't always have like a written out plan, all of that. I usually do everything so backwards, <laughs> but it, it's, you know, it's the only way I know how. And yeah. the fact that his, that my passions have now become his mm -hmm. and he also is so passionate about the movements that I'm making and what I'm trying to create and do to the point where, like you said, Trent, he, we sold our house that we saved so much for and like lived in and loved and, you know, to take our lives to the next level in a lot of ways. Right. And we also, you know, have downsized in a lot of ways to be able to invest in this next phase mm -hmm. of our business. And I did get tattooed on my arm, go all in, because <laughs> of Rachel Hollis, actually. She's yeah. one of the ones that inspires me a lot. She talks all the time about going. And um, those are two of my, like, serious idols, Emily Frisella and Rachel Hollis. So yeah. anyway, but 
In the end, I appreciate you recognizing that, but I will say that I think that it's something people don't understand is that there is sacrifice involved with growing something bigger than you. Mm -hmm. And I wish it was easier than it is. You know, there's things that come up and you have to decide, am I in this for the long haul or am I not? You know, two years ago when I decided to expand my salon and move to a bigger location because we were like booty bumping and it's a good problem (laughs) to have, but like we, we were not going to be able to you know, be all it, it is now without, if I wouldn't have moved and the city held my permits and they tore, they made me tear out $17,000 worth of previous construction. And we had used up our savings and I was literally working to pay for the next part of the renovation. Like I'd go yeah. to Alabama and I'd kick ass and I'd come home and throw that money at the stations or throw that money at the drywall or throw that yeah. money at the plumbing or, you know, and it was this process that took forever. And thank God my employees trusted me and just like stuck in there with me. I was a wreck most of the time. Most nights I was going to sleep <laughs> like, Oh my gosh, am I going to go bankrupt? Am I ruining my family? But you know, I feel really grateful for that experience. It was like this fast track to like realizing what I am Um, willing to do for, to create something bigger. And I am about to launch like some pretty cool stuff. So my podcast launches this week, my online permanent makeup trainings launch this next, this month. And I've been working on those for over a year and it's just so much that I've worked so hard for all coming to fruition, you know, like coming. So I do appreciate you acknowledging sometimes it's hard to see that you know, even when you're in it. So, so to backstep a little bit, tell me about the story of that house that you did just sell the process of building that and getting the money for it. You kind of went just all in again before, um, with the permanent makeup where it's crazy. Yeah. You, you tell me that. I feel like that was my first experience with manifestation. (laughs) Like I'm not kidding. So, up to that point, the salon was doing good, but like, you know, just good. Mm-hmm. It was in a little small location. I had, you know, a good little amount of employees, but it wasn't bringing in, any, bringing in anything crazy. And, um, sometimes even breaking even, like okay. it wasn't super successful. I did not offer services at the time. For those that don't know me, I opened a hair salon without having a license in hair or aesthetics or anything. Like I was okay. just like, okay, I love women. I love the industry. I want to be a part of this. I don't want to go back and get a degree in this. So what can I do? I can own a salon. I could own it, you know? So I did do nails for a short time, which is a little bit easier to certify nails. And I enjoyed that a lot, but I soon after became more involved with the front desk of my business. So McKinley was working almost 16 hour days because we were building our first home. Um, and we were so excited. We had, planned it out and we're building it and all this stuff, but we were under a contingency loan. And for those that don't know what that is, it's kind of like, okay, well, if you can get your credit up to this point and get this down payment by the time it's built, then it'll go forward. But if not, then it won't. So we were like, okay, we can do this. We did the math and all this stuff. And so as it came closer, we were about three or four months out from like the end date where we Mm -hmm. needed to like have this down payment. And I was doing math and I'm like, oh my gosh, we are not going to make it. We are not going to make it. Like, yeah. Even if McKinley does everything he can, even if he is pushing as hard as he can, staying 16 hours at work, getting all the overtime he can, we're not going to make it. So I started to like just open my mind to opportunities elsewhere. Like I'm like, okay, what can I do to help? 
I can't push the salon any faster than what it's going. So I was looking around and I realized I could do microblading. There was, it was kind of a hype at the time. Everyone's like, Oh, take a two day microblading class. And you know, and I was like, huh, maybe I could do that. And everyone's kind of freaking out about it. It was a really exciting time for microblading. And, um, but the class was $4,000 and it's like, but am I going to be good at this? I would have to take that $4,000 from our house fund. Like I was so scared of like taking that money for our house fund. So, um, I sat down with McKinley and I'm like, Hey, you know, I was a makeup artist. I'm really good at eyebrows. Like I feel like I could be good at this. Um, and he was like, do it. If you think you can do it, do it. And he didn't like even hesitate. Thank God. <laughs> Cause now it's like my whole life. Who knew? <laughs> like, but so I went and took this permanent makeup class and nothing ever against the trainings back then. We had what we had, mm-hmm. you know, the product was what it was. You only can teach what you know. Right. And you know, it was coming from Europe and Europe had mastered it, but we were just trying to figure it out. So I took this class and left and I did not feel at all confident. You know, it was just, I was like, I'm not kidding you. I hated it so bad. Like if I being honest and I tell my students, every student I teach, I tell this story to because I want them to know that like, you know, it wasn't necessarily because I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so good at this. And I'm, I can't wait. And I'm so passionate about this. It was like, Holy shit, this is way harder than I thought. There's a lot of pressure. This is someone's face. Oh yeah. And I would actually, and this is probably TMI, but I would actually sometimes even halfway through my client have to go throw up. I was so anxious. Like it was not something that I was feeling like called to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and it was mainly because of a lack in, in confidence in training and what information was out there. And then seeing your results come back and you're like, wait, these are blurry. These don't look anything like my after pictures. Like, what do I do? And where can I turn for more? I don't have the money to invest in more education and blah, blah, blah. So I had to figure it out. I just started YouTubing the crap out of microblading. European, I couldn't even understand half the videos I was watching. I was just like <laughs> practicing on skins. I ordered... I mean, we wrote off in those three months. This is crazy. We wrote off $10,000 worth of product. Wow. Experimental product. Wow. I was just online ordering whatever I could from sites I didn't even have English. Like, I was determined to be good at this. And people were trusting me with their faces. And a lot of the first people I did, like, bless their hearts. But, like, they still come back to me. And they let me redeem myself. And they still look good. And it's okay. And, you know, we have to start somewhere. But. Right. Um, one thing that I did that Trent knows about that like maybe people could like, you know, judge or not judge was I realized that if I was going to make the amount of money we needed to make in that short time that we had, I had to find, even though I was staying consistent with clients and people were coming to me and it was a very exciting time for me because everyone was trusting me with their face, I still wasn't going to make it. Yeah. So I decided to start teaching. So about a month and a half in, um, with the knowledge I had, which was way more, by the way, than what I got from class and what I was taught. <laughs> so I felt confident in starting my own class, even though I'm sure I can only imagine what like my instructor thought of me. Like right. she's literally a month out and she's teaching, <laughs> you know, and I will say like, I maybe wasn't ready, but you got to start somewhere. And if I wouldn't have started, then I maybe never would have started. When are you sure. ever going to feel ready? You know what I mean? And yes, maybe I could have waited a little longer, but at that point I was like, you know what? I do feel like I have, I'm, I could offer more to my students than even my $4,000 class. And I'm going to do it one-on-one and I'm going to do it with integrity and I'm going to do it for $3,000. And I'm going to, and all of a sudden my books just, I put it out there on Instagram and I had a student every week and I, (laughs) 
And I don't throw around numbers casually, but I will just be for the sake of like the story. <clears throat> I had written down that I needed to make $30,000. Like my ultimate goal was to make $30,000 in those three months to, you know, be able to put it down for the house. So right. it was about two and a half months really. And I, from when we like actually had my space available and I had taken the class and all that. So I started the process of like putting myself out there, making an Instagram for the very first time, all of that super uncomfortable. So sick to my stomach half the time, <laughs> like remembering and I even get sick. But anyway, so I just remember it was really hard. It wasn't an easy thing. And I knew people were going to judge me. And, but then my students, and this is fun for me. Most of the students, I would say the very first student I taught still works at my salon. So, and That's she's awesome. successful in permanent makeup. So I don't ever feel like I never abandoned my students. I kept up with them. I always feel, I take a lot of pride in caring about their success as well. But, um, so I had written down in my Google calendar, I had like set like, I don't know, on every Saturday I set like this little $300, $500, this is how much I'll make, $3,300 every week. So I did like a best case scenario. Right. And then I did it at the very end, right before we were supposed to close on our house, like I had set an alarm and I had forgotten about this. This is like when I first was doing best case scenarios, throwing around numbers in my Google calendar and I had put $30,000. dollars was like my best case scenario that I could do. And it was like insanity to even think of that. You know what I mean? And, um, and I, so, so funny. I was, and this is manifestation at its best. This is real life. I'm sitting in my computer. We're about to go like do walkthroughs on the house and all of that. That's like a whole nother story. But just to finish this one, I, um, am doing, pulling up my Vagaro, which is my, my scheduling software. And I'm looking at, my graphs and how many people I did and kind of getting my quarterly taxes together mm -hmm. and my alarm goes off. <laughs> I'm looking at my Vagaro sheet of what I made and my phone calendar of this alarm going off as I'm sitting in front of my Vagaro sheet and it's, I'm literally $100 off. Wow. And it was just insane to yeah. me. This like rush of, Oh my gosh, like, look what I'm capable of. I can yeah. manifest this. And I wrote it down and, and it came to fruition and it's real. And so it even gives me goosebumps right now because yeah, it, it really is this real, real thing that happened to me. And, it, and if somebody wasn't sitting next to me, they might not believe it, but it was just such a cool moment for me to feel empowered in what I'm capable of. You know what yeah. I mean? Like realize what I'm capable of manifesting if I really set my mind to it. And if you write it down and if you like make a plan and you know, yeah, no, that uh, it was such a cool story hearing that uh, the first time, and uh, I, I know people are going to get something out of it because it's it's amazing what happens when you go out there and you do it, and you you just go all in, like you yeah. say. It's it's there's amazing. a power behind that when people reserve like, well, I can't invest that much, or oh, you know, I'm not sure. I'm all you're never going to get out of it all you would have if you don't just dive in, yeah. like. And I'm not saying it's easy. Because I found myself in some dark places doing that. But I also think I wouldn't, I would rather have regret of like, oh, I mean, I would rather have failure than regret is what right. I was trying to say. To regret, to think, oh, what could have been would torture my being. Yeah. I would rather be like, you know what? I fell on my face and that was rough. But yeah. I got back up and it was embarrassing, but I don't even care because now I'm at a different level in my like progression as a human being and in my business sense and you're not failing unless you stop trying. So that's fantastic. Um, 
So, I mean, if you think about it, you really didn't have enough training in the traditional sense, uh, but you didn't let that stop you. You didn't let a barrier <laughs> stop you, which is awesome. Um, and I knew there would be people that thought I was a fraud. Yeah. We all are going to have that imposter syndrome sometimes where we're like, uh, like faces will pop in our head like, oh, she's going to think I'm such a fraud. Yeah. <laughs> or like this old <laughs> business partner or this person or this family member or because yeah. you're seeing the way they see you. But one thing that I've realized is there's thousands of people out there who aren't in our past or in our future that we are meant to help. Mm-hmm. And I did change the life of my students. That's fantastic. And I don't have any regrets about starting too soon. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? So Absolutely. It puts you in your position where you are now. Exactly. um, Which I want to talk a little bit about what the future is for you. Um, So you're starting this uh, project that is an online uh, permanent makeup course, uh, courses, I should say, uh, which is awesome. And then you've launched your own machine already, like... Uh, it's it's really awesome. Kind of tell me what you have planned for the future. So right now we're kind of in this transitional state where Melissa's taking over the salon and I am um, working there and we're actually building out this little space in the salon for me to better, um, for her to better take advantage of the space in the salon. And she's <laughs> making me this little teaching space. It's not little, it's like plenty big <laughs> and it's right. amazing and right. I'm so excited and um, I'm still planning to teach my one-on-one courses through the end of the year. And okay. I'm booked up until the fourth week. I think I have one more availability in October. but So I'm booking out quite a bit of um, my one-on-one classes. I still travel out to go to Alabama. But the biggest things that I'm focusing on right now, the things you're asking about, are the project. So there are these ideas that me and McKinley have and these feelings that we have I really want to continue to bring confidence to the permanent makeup industry. Mm -hmm. Um, My podcast, uh, the Blaze the Babes podcast, is probably the thing I am most excited about. Okay. And isn't that weird? My husband last night was like, that's the thing that doesn't make any money. (laughs) And I was like, honestly, I have never in my life, especially in my adult life, been more excited for anything than I am about this podcast. And I think it's an opportunity to have a voice, to spread uplift, to motivate, to inspire. And I don't feel like I just, I'm just pumped. I can't wait. And I, to give other people a voice, to give people that inspire me a voice. And I'm sure you feel the exact same way about your podcast (laughs) because it's just a cool opportunity to have that. Um, so my podcast is a big deal that la- that actually launches our first episode. We'll be launching on Thursday this week, and I'm so excited. Um, I've been traveling around interviewing people that I want on the podcast, and You've also got some, a big name in there I do. already. Like, yeah, a couple. Awesome. I just feel really. It's interesting to me that I'm like everyone that I've asked has accepted my invitation, and I <laughs> did not see that coming. I was so scared <laughs> to ask people to come on. I'm like. But I think everyone wants a voice, yeah. you know, and I, I think that I underestimated that they have a message. Everyone has this message they want to share and any opportunity we have to do it. I think people are learning, take it mm-hmm. to be on the podcast, take every opportunity you have and put yourself out there. But, um, the other thing that we're doing, McKinley gets me really excited is I'm actually, 
I'm launching a clothing line as well, a Blaze the Babe clothing line. Um, we have a lot of like giveaway models that we're incorporating into our business that are big and exciting. And that will probably come about more like closer to the end of the year or into next year. But we are pumped about it. So right Mm -hmm. now I'm focusing more on just transitioning the salon, launching my online courses, which was so much more (laughs) involved than I, I'm all, Oh, I teach all the time. Like I already have my curriculum. This is easy. Just film it. Like it's not that easy. This is, It's been a really um, involved process, so I'm excited to launch my online courses. I'm excited to launch my podcast, and then I'm excited to move into like the clothing line and the giveaway models and all that. Yeah, having a little uh, background information uh, about your giveaway model, yeah. I'm super excited for you about that as well. Thank you. But, I hope to have you work with us on yeah. it. I'm not gonna. I mean, we can talk <laughs> later, but I have a lot of yeah. Anyway, but the, the thing about the podcast that you mentioned, it doesn't necessarily have the direct money income however i think it's a overarching uh branding opportunity for you where people are going to enjoy what you're putting out there because honestly your personality is just so warm and welcome welcoming that people are going to be like i need to find out more about this and find out more about janelle and what she's doing and you are going to get business from it even if it's not directly through ads on the podcast or right. something it, i think it will so nice. i think it will benefit you uh in other ways thank you uh, for seeing me like that i'm not gonna lie there's always that like <laughs> <laughs> will people even care to listen or you know that feeling of you never know for sure but you just right. feel called to do something you got to do it yeah so i appreciate you the compliments and the confidence i feel like i have a lot of experience in what I'm talking about. I've really put myself in the fire a lot of times and came out and learned and evolved. And I hope that I can be in some way helpful to anyone out there who needs encouragement. Yeah. And uh, speaking from experience, you've all, you've helped me with encouragement before already. And so so I, I appreciate that. Um, do you have any specific, uh, strategies with your social media right now? Social media has been such a big part of your business. It's everything. Yeah. Um, do you know, I don't even have a, like, I just barely got a website. <laughs> like it's not even like fully done. Like I, this is like, just like a store site. So yeah. I've literally built my business, everything on Instagram. Like, thank you, Instagram, yeah. like for this free platform right. to like, advertise my business and put myself out there. Um, the only strategy I would say is to put yourself out there. Yeah. I still McKinley is on me all the time. Put your face on your story, put your face on your story, talk to them, talk to people. And I still find myself all the time, like in my head, like, do I have anything worth saying? Like, why would I go on there if I don't have something worth saying? And I know it's just important. And Lexi in her interview yesterday that we did with her, Lexi, if anyone doesn't follow her, freaking follow Lexi (laughs) Bowler. She's amazing. So, but she talked about how it's so important to like, Put your face on your Instagram. Put yourself out there. Post. Be vulnerable. And it's scary, but, you know, do you remember? So I met you, Trent, at an event where Andy Frisella and yeah. the Diesel Brothers, and yeah. it was just this cool, like, uplifting um, class, I guess, that we went to. Yeah. And I met you there, and um, you gave me my favorite hat that I wear, like, all the time, <laughs> my hustle hat. <laughs> um, but I, they talked about there, there was one point where they said, 
you know, 50%, I don't remember who said it, but somebody said 50% of the people that follow you on Instagram don't really like you that much. And I like, (laughs) like, I don't know if I'm just like conceited or what, but I thought to myself, like, no, I'm like really likable. Like I surely have more than that. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a mean person or like have any ill towards anyone and you know, all this stuff. And I thought to myself, like, no, I think more than that, like me. So then they said, but the other 50% really like you. The 50% that don't like you will keep following you because you intrigue them in some way. Like for whatever reason, even if it's unhealthy, why they're following you, they're going to follow you anyway, whether they feel like they're in competition with you, whether they feel like they're, they like watching you fall on your face, whatever it is, (laughs) the 50% will follow you even though they don't like you. So then he said that then there's 50% that really like you and your job is to ignore the 50% that don't like you to stop thinking like, how can I get them to like me? I think for a long time I was like, well, I just want everyone to like me and how can I like make sure everyone likes me? And, you know, and I think the key is, and what he said, whoever it was, I can't even remember now, I think it was Van maybe, but anyway, he said, the key is, is focus on the people that like you and make them love you. Like don't waste your time trying to figure out how to get these 50% of people to like you. Yeah. You know, I had an experience and this is like way vulnerable to tell us. I don't even know if I should, but after that, me, my conceited self, like, and I'm really not, if you guys know me, I'm pretty humble, but I did think I'm all, no, more than 50% like me. No. So I get home and I have this situation happen that was super awkward where two of my followers who, you know, I thought liked me. They comment on my stuff and all this. They accidentally sent me a message. So they were sharing my stories back and forth and were talking about how annoying I was. Oh, wow. And, but I'm like, they're still following every story. They're yeah. still messaging and sending emojis and things. So yeah. I just, you know, I look back, I looked back on the messages I had. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so right. Like, he's so right. There are people that, whether it's because my voice, or the way I look or the way I do my hair or whatever, they just won't resonate with me. And if I get stuck focusing on those people that think my voice is annoying, we're going to have a problem. I need to focus on the people who see me and are inspired by me the way I am and just like push that to the next level where they trust me and my brand and see what I'm really trying to do, whether my voice is annoying or not. You know what I mean? So I just think that was a learning experience for me in the sense that it hurt my feelings so bad to get those messages from them. And I was like, no, but this was good for me because it's true. I have, they have no reason not to like me. Like I've done nothing, but my voice bothers them. So, and I actually don't think I have that you know, no. distinguishing of a voice. But I think that everyone, there's going to be reasons why people don't like us and it's not in our control. And sure. realizing that is a, was a breakthrough for me. And I hope that anyone out there that is focusing on the people that might not like them or worrying about the people that might think they're a fraud or worrying about the people that might think like, don't <laughs> because all we can do is put ourselves out there and there's going to be people that resonate with you and love your mm-hmm. voice and love what you're doing and will be loyal to your brand and they will learn. Yeah. They'll love you because you're focusing on that instead. Absolutely. And when you're being yourself, you're being genuine and people can see that. Whereas if you're trying to please those people who don't like you, you're not being genuine. You're not being yourself. And you are alienating the 50% of the people that do resonate with you. Exactly. 
Exactly. And then you lose them because then you're not being your true self because you're trying to, you're acting in a way that's insecure. And those are the ones that that matter. Those are the ones that are going to buy your hats and like want to be a part of what you're creating. So yeah. And I know that, um, I have seen that happen to brands. I've seen it. I don't personally think I ever fell into that, but I will say, I mean, I could have had I not learned that lesson, but I have watched brands, people that I really respect, um, fall into those moments where they will put too much insecurity or energy into the people that are not liking them, but still follow them by saying things that are even tacky as, you know, if you don't like me, delete me. Like, if you don't like me, don't follow me. I mean, even that's giving too much energy to the people that don't matter. They're not going to unfollow you. They want to see what you're doing for whatever reason. <laughs> like, yeah. Let them like, be your follower, but just don't focus on them. Right. So. No, I, I do see that where people do engage with those, with the haters, you know, they're the trolls or totally. whatnot. Uh, and there might be extreme cases where it's good to like post it just as a lesson, you know, right. or, but not in a low frequency way right. where you're insecure yeah. or, and if you're going to be just don't ignore it. Right. Like I, you just have to ignore it. Yeah. And so. I, I've gotten a good lesson from that. And, uh, a neighbor of mine who's in the political arena and, um, he's, he's very, very opinionated, but he's goes about it a really a good way. You know, he's like, I see this side, I see this side, this is what I've decided, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. With politics, you kind of have right. to be a little bit on, in the gray, <laughs> but he, he talks about how he's like, he got over he just got to this point where he's like, if somebody doesn't like what I'm saying, just block them. That's it. Don't engage them. Don't do anything. Just block. Done. Yep. Yeah. So McKinley says the same thing to me. He's like, just block them. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to like, it's yeah. fine. Like yeah. I, I just, if they want to watch, like they can have a front row seat there you go. to what I'm about to do. <laughs> if they think I'm annoying, that's, they're still following me. So, yeah. and I don't have to tell them to unfollow me. Go ahead and follow me. Like I'm obviously not that annoying. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, I guess that's a good point, though. I do think maybe there'll be some, though, along the way. When you have a platform that's, you know, where you're at, there is going to be some jealousy here or there or comparativism or people that, mm-hmm. you know, try to put you down to to rise. And, and, and in the end, I hope to dodge those, you know, just do my own thing and focus on my goals and stay in my lane. But when they do happen and if it comes down to it, I would say block them too like i don't think if it's affecting you or you're watching to see if they're watching your stories or you're watching to see if they delete you or things like that that means it's affecting you and you should just block them so if you're gonna get in your head about it definitely delete them but otherwise it's like just stay in your lane do your thing absolutely who knows if you're really inspiring them but they're just a little bit insecure about their own life right now you know so and we all are to some extent totally yeah totally um, so I mentioned I'd throw kind of a, uh, surprise question at yeah. you, but if, I'm actually kind of excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Um, if you were to look up your name in the dictionary, what would it say? Ooh, that's a good question. I guess I, I only know how to answer that in like a way that's like what I hope it would say, okay. you know, what I hope that I represent and that I live my life in a way to represent. It doesn't mean I'm perfect. I'm most definitely not. I make mistakes. I have to apologize a lot or like <laughs> do things, but I would hope that it would say that I'm kind. You know, I think if I could be anything in this life, I want to be kind. I get that everyone has 
like trials that they're going through and no one ever knows what anyone else is going through. And I think day to day, if I could do anything as I walk in the gas station and walk out in my rush that I'm at least smiling and asking how the teller is or, you know, just that having that overall kind feeling in my day and not just in my head. And that used to come a lot easier to me. Now I have to really focus outward. I can be a little self-absorbed in my busy like hustle. Yeah. And I think that I've realized like taking time to ask people how they're doing, like even my friends and family and reach out. And I want to be known as somebody, I think kindness goes a really long way. So if if you could look up anything, I would say kind. The next thing would probably be like driven, motivated, inspiring. Like I really want to help people to realize that they have everything they need in them. They don't need to do anything else. You know, I got asked, this just comes up because, um, and I haven't actually told this story, so, but I was asked to speak at a convention in Vegas for permanent makeup and I went. And I mean no ill to anyone and, you know, misunderstandings happen and all that. But um, when they introduced me, they introduced me with like a ton of um, untruths, <laughs> like that I was a master esthetician, that I'd been doing permanent makeup for way longer than I had. That, And I'm just thinking like, well, they must have like got my intro mixed up with someone else's. And it was very awkward for me to go up there and be like, so actually I'm like not a master esthetician at all. And... I don't even have a high school diploma, but I'm not going to go up there and say that because, you know what I mean? It just felt, yeah. I was put in a very awkward position yeah. and I started to kind of correct my, correct it and then realized it was getting awkward and there's like hundreds of people <laughs> listening to me talk and I just went along with my presentation and then after I went up to them and I said, you know, like I'm not any of those things and that was really tough for me that like my intro said that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, it must have just been like a misunderstanding. But then a few weeks later, it came to my attention that actually the main, the owner or whatever of the business had needed to say that because she didn't think I was qualified enough on paper. And I was just thought to myself, like, I, why did you even ask me? You asked me because you know that my results are enough for my certification. Like, I am enough to be there. I I did rock it and you know, I got a ton of business from it and I know that what I'm offering is valuable, but because on paper, it didn't sound like enough. You felt like you had a lie for me and you don't like, I will never pretend like I'm anything different than what I am. And I guess if I had anything that I could, the message I could share is like, you don't have to have, you just use what you've got. You know, I will never go back probably and get my GED unless I absolutely have to. My life circumstances at that time didn't allow me to do that. And I have since then hustled in a way that like I use my strengths to my advantage and I am say, okay, what do I have to go to school for and what don't I, and how can I, you know, create something, but like not have to. So I do have strengths with people or my voice or in general or my motivation or my hard work, but there's also things I'm not book smart. And I don't find myself in this place where I feel super confident. I don't even know algebra or like, you know what I mean? I just don't know that. What do you need to know algebra for? (laughs) But I will say that I was surprised by how much that hurt my feelings. Like going, and I, it was a, it was an eye opening. It solidified my message, I guess, is just that like freaking just do it. If you feel inspired to do something like do it. And if that means you do have to go to school, like for example, if they regulate my industry and make me be a master esthetician or something, you better believe I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to kick ass and I'm going to get my diploma and I'm going to do whatever I have to do. But I'm not embarrassed that I don't have it. 
my results speak for themselves. I've worked my ass off. I practice all the time. I, I have like some of the best curriculum in the world and I am confident in that. So I guess I just hope that nobody lets themselves be held back by like what's on paper or what's not, or by like what other people think from their past or, you know, because screw that. Like we got one life that I know of and I got to make it count. (laughs) But no, I, I get that. And and I appreciate that you, that you say that because a lot of people do think they need certain things to do, to be, um, to get to the level that they want to get to. And really they don't unless you're a doctor or an accountant or a more traditional. You want to save lives, you got to go the traditional route. (laughs) Yeah. More traditional profession, but to, to, really get out there, hustle and teach someone, you don't need those things. No, you don't. So that that's great. And I'm I, not embarrassed that I don't have them. I am, I mean, I'm, I never want to say I'm enough because I always hope that I'm evolving and changing right. and growing, but I am enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't need somebody to lie for me or pretend or right. it's insulting. Yeah. <laughs> like, but so and anyway, I, I guess that's that. And like, if I remember the story correctly, you went uh, and, talk to that person later and had them issue a correction or so I couldn't no, I mean technically it wasn't like they couldn't really do anything about right, it af- like I mean it is what it is but it, I was just more just yeah. insulted in the way that like I just kind of didn't brand myself with them anymore and associate as much with and not in like a you know what screw you know it was right. very like just an un it's just you have to along the way find the people that encourage you on a high frequency with high frequency marketing who you, you know, resonate with their brand and they resonate with you and you move forward. And there's going to be people along the way that might disappoint or do things that, or maybe they don't even realize they're doing it, but like do it or, you know, and there could be a misunderstanding along the way that happens or, but from what I understood from the situation, I had to step back from that brand and I had to move forward and realize that like my message just got stronger. (laughs) And if anything, I'm going to go out and tell everybody that you don't have to have all the things that people make you feel like you have to have to move forward, especially with permanent makeup. It's such a lie in the industry that you have to be this master statistician to be talented. No, you don't. You can be so freaking successful without all of that. So you just need to be talented and you need hard work, hard yeah. work. And then dedicated, yep. um, and willing then, to put yourself out there <laughs> and lift others up. I think that's, yeah. that's very helpful in, in the industry as a whole. So, yeah, I think that's what the beauty industry should be about anyway. Right. I mean, every industry, hopefully, but especially right. the beauty industry. Right. Cause what, what most people are searching for in the beauty is to uplift themselves and uh, make themselves feel better about themselves. Exactly. And so you should, yeah, you should be Connection. helping people with their confidence by helping the industry as a whole. So I, I really appreciate that message. Um, so for this, this portion, I want you to give out any shout outs. You've kind of thrown a few along <laughs> the way, but um Anybody who's helped you get to where you are today and um, anybody who's uh, helping you now, I, I, this is your chance to give shine a little light on them. Yeah, you're so that's so nice of you. I um, feel a little unprepared. But I do, I mean, it's easy for me to say, first off, my Belize babes. Right. I mean, I have no idea. Like, we all have such a loyalty to each other. Um, we've gone through ups and downs and arounds and miscarriages and infertility and divorces and marriages and falling in love and falling out of love. And, you know, 
watching this group of women these last eight years support each other. I mean, my very first employee still works for me and I don't take that lightly. I think there's a family there. And so even as I transition out of the salon, the trust they have in me has been, I can't even put it into words. So I mean, transition out of the ownership. I'm there. Right. I'm hanging out. Like I, I mean, in the end, I didn't want to really own a salon anyway. I just wanted to work somewhere that was badass and uplifting, right. and I and now I do. So it's all good. It all worked out the way it was supposed to. But um, so first off, just especially right now, I feel immensely grateful for them all the time, and I just wanted to make that clear. Every single one of them are not only like best friends for me, but family. They're considered family. So um, obviously, my husband's amazing. He's a freaking badass. He is like become passionate. The guy should be doing microblading. Like he (laughs) has become so passionate about what I do and I love it. And he has supported me even in the lowest of the lows of my businesses. And like when I find myself in like the hiccups of not getting my building permit for six months. And so he has been really great. Um, but yeah, I think in the end there's, you know, I did remember it's among Magnolia Artistry, who I took the lip course from. So (laughs) such a good class. I genuinely am shouting her out again. I think she's great. And I had forgotten her Instagram handle at the time, but it came back to me. Um, And then also, um, yeah, just like the, I hope everyone just realizes like, you know, to network in your industry, reach out to the people that inspire you and turn the competition, competitive feelings you might have towards someone into like, an inspirational feeling like you can very quickly be like oh that person is so good and I want to like be good and they're my competition but turn that into that person inspires me so much and so I just like think everyone in the industry right now especially permanent makeup I think there's a movement going on but yeah I think that's about like all I got right now it's just my belize babes my hubby those helping me with my project and supporting me and like I just feel really excited for what's to come I'm pumped I have really good friends right now that help me and even meeting you Trent like I am so grateful for the coaching you've given me as a business owner I think sometimes when business owners are like in the middle of it it's hard to see an out you need an outside looking in and you have been a breath of fresh air for me in the moments where I do become paralyzed in my like okay how does this look from the outside in or how should I navigate this or how do I launch that and and I think it's important to have a business coach in especially transitional moments. And so I appreciate you being that for me. And I will be referring you to everyone I know <laughs> for that business coaching. You have such an eye for helping people to turn that like moment into a more successful like transition. So I think it's a gift that some people have is to look at other people's businesses and be able to see what they could do better. And you have that. Well, so I thank appreciate you. the kind words. Thank you. I mean it. Um, that's, that's honestly what I get, what I, what I love about doing this podcast is I get so much out of, um, the guests and what they bring to the table. And it really helps me is, I mean, it's very selfish in a way. I mean, you know, I'm trying to help others as well. About mine too. (laughs) I'm trying to help others as well by, by doing this podcast, but really the, the one that benefits most is me. So I, I appreciate your inspirational message and all that you've shared and provided um and i look forward to seeing you take off and start writing your books about the process and then <laughs> everything you. and like i said becoming the next rachel hollis or emily Frizzell oh or whatever you know you're you're gonna be there you're gonna be you're on their so level nice. so you're so nice i appreciate it uh but i think that's uh, all we've got time for today cool. but um i 
I really, again, I appreciate it. And to anyone out there that got anything out of this, go ahead and send me a message and uh, I will make sure to include Janelle's information with this podcast. Go follow her. She's awesome. The Plaza Project. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> um, and she's really an inspiration even in her everyday stories and things like that. But uh, yeah, no problem. Um, and uh, for everybody else out there, go out there and hustle the day. Woo-hoo.